You are listening to Genuine Chit Chat. This show is for real. Hello there, friends, and welcome to another episode of Genuine Chit Chat. This week, I'm again joined by Spider Dan. So if you didn't tune in last week, make sure you go back and listen to that conversation, because part two is a complete continuation of that, almost halfway through a sentence, and it's basically just a big conversation about nerdy stuff, including movies, podcasting, comics, the MCU, uh, Spider-Man, superhero fatigue, lots of things like that. It's just a really big, fun, interesting conversation. It went on for over like two hours, and uh, it was just an absolute delight to speak with Dan about this. Now, links to all of Dan's stuff is in the description, and then there's also the link to Dan's appearance on the Era of Geek podcast by friend of the show, Super Dummy Paul, so make sure you check that out as well. Uh, In addition to that, I am going to be playing a Spider-Dan promo just before part two of our chat does get started. But in addition to that, if you guys wanted to see the full video version of this conversation, uh, you can go over to my YouTube channel, a link to that is in the description, and it will have, as I said, the full part one and part two put together with video for your perusal. And if you go over and do that, please make sure you subscribe to Genuine Chit Chat on YouTube because I'm trying to get past 100 subscribers so I can change the channel link name. And then a couple of other quick things. Spider-Dan appeared on my Book of Boba Fett discussion show that I did on the feed of Comics in Motion. So we discussed each episode of Book of Boba Fett, all seven of them, and Dan was on three of them, I think, including the finale. And so if you want to hear that, check that out. That is on the feed of Comics in Motion, or you can find that on my YouTube channel as well. And then the other thing to say is that any patron supporters already had access to part two of this conversation and also the full unsplit video conversation as well. I put that on my Patreon and made the YouTube link so that people patreon could view it before everyone else and in addition for any patreon supporters when this episode dropped they obviously already had access to that so a bonus episode of afterthoughts was released on my patreon exclusive feed which means in total there have been three episodes of afterthoughts dropped this week there's the standard one that was on wednesday that i think was tom hanks watch number one which was big then on saturday there was the book of mormon conversation because me and megan watched book of mormon again as in the theatrical production Uh, and then today i've dropped yet another one uh, because when i released the one yesterday it was because people who follow the Star Wars comics and canon I released something on there that was already out on my Patreon because I didn't have time to record a full episode and stuff this week Uh, so there's three Afterthoughts episodes this week over there as well as loads of other cool things as well and if you don't want to subscribe to the Patreon but you want to get even more bonus content I have included a link in the description where you can check out the first episode of our Tom Hanks Big Rewatch on Patreon completely for free Uh, the link is bit.ly slash Tom Hanks 1 but yeah link for that is in the description as well and yeah me and Megan are doing a big old Tom Hanks rewatch so we started with Big and then we've also done The Burbs, Turner and Hooch, we just watched Joe vs. the Volcano we've got League of Their Own to go and a few others before we get to Forrest Gump and then we're going to keep on going all the way to modern day might go back to a couple before Big because I've heard there's a few there but um, we're doing that on Patreon so if you want to hear a couple of people go through Tom Hanks movies as well as talking about certain theatrical productions they've seen and TV series as well spoiler free as well as new movies that are out and just me and Megan having fun on mic uh, as well as supporting the show then please consider checking out my patreon for only one pound a month link is in the description anyway guys thank you so much for tuning in as always i appreciate all of you here is the conversation with spider dan and i'll be back at the end to give more information on what's coming up and lots of other bits and pieces so without further ado here is part two of my chat with spider dan Hello, Spider-Dan here of the Spider-Dan and the Secret Balls podcast. Just wanted to give you a quick introduction on what I do and why you should check it out. My main mission for the podcast is to spotlight the best-kept secrets in entertainment that a mainstream audience may find boring. I have various guests from all walks of life, including friends, family, comic book professionals and actors. 
while also doing the odd solo podcast and Patreon YouTube video here and there. If you like entertaining and informative discussions and are sick of content creators covering the same old MCU and Netflix programming, take a walk on the wild and the weird side. Swing over to spiderdanandthesecretballs.com for all the information you may need, such as links to the podcast, social media accounts, and how you can support the podcast. That's spiderdanandthesecretballs.com. That's B-O-R-E-S. Thanks for joining me, and as always, prepare for prattle. Welcome to Genuine Chit Chat, where we have honest conversations with interesting people. And I'm your host, Mike Burton. So you play X-Men and Spider-Man games, you know like a quarter of the main characters in the Marvel Universe, who are the big the big hitters and stuff. And so with DC, I never really had that amount. I knew about, you know, Batman and stuff, but I never got into DC as much. So when all those, you know, the, well, they got the Arrowverse stuff came out and it was yeah. about, a, you know, 24 fucking episodes of series, like seven yeah, series yeah, of stuff. I, yeah, like, no. I, even I gave up. Like I, I was pretty committed. Like I watched Arrow first two seasons, three, even four, I think. And then Flash, I enjoyed more as a show. Um, I watched a bit of Legends and then into Supergirl. And then me and Andy, we watched like The Crisis. But I, mm. I turned off ye- like years and he stu- he and uh, Natalie carried on. And I was like, yeah, Crisis is good. That'll do. Well, when those, the thing is, it's 24 episodes a series. And you just think that that is to what, if you watch an episode every day, that's, that's basically a, mu- a month is about a series. Yeah. So you think you could watch 12 series in a year, thereabouts. Well, between Arrow and Flash, there's more than that, just those two. And you're like, and also, whereas the, the MCU shows, the Marvel Disney Plus shows, what they've done very cleverly is gone, they're all between, like, obviously WandaVision is nine episodes, but they're like 20 minutes long each, half an hour. But generally it's like six to eight episodes. And I was like, that's perfect because that is basically just a month and a half, once a week, you have to find an hour-ish for once a week, which is really manageable at the moment. And although Megan's complained a little bit about it, having every week having one thing, fortunately, Drag Race has been one a week or two a week, so it kind of evens out. But it's just, they're going to get to a point where there's going to be more than that happening. And the problem is, I think we spoke about this, um, it might have been in the finale of the Boba Fett chat, where it's just like, where the entry level is so hard if i had kids tomorrow if i birthed a 10 year old tomorrow and they went daddy i want to watch all the mcu films and everything mcu i'd be like it's going to be about six months before you even get up to date and by that time we'll have already had moon knight and potentially miss marvel and then love and thunder thor and then also doctor strange and and and, you know if you count morbius and that sort of stuff as well so you're just like it it's so hard to catch up and i feel like with the fatigue in itself i'm enjoying it because it's manageable one a week is easy to do and that's just because i'm focusing just on the mcu stuff but i think that this phase is really going to show people are not as interested it's going to delve a bit Mm. and then i think what they're going to do is in um Maybe what I say phase, this saga is going to be where people start to dwindle. Whatever you want to call it. <laughs> yeah, it's because a phase, there's the four phases this of the Infinity War saga. Yeah. yeah, basically until Kang gets killed, inevitably. Um, when that kind of happens, I think at that point, everyone's going to care a lot less. But I don't know if if Disney are going to have the foresight to be like, okay, let's rein it in. Let's make this the final MCU thing we do for a while. They're never probably going to do that. But let's do this. And let's instead of having four phases and two movies every year and three series every year, we're going to rein it right back. Let's just have one movie a year, 
two series a year you know just have a summer movie and then have a series sort of uh, october time and like february-ish time and that'll be it if they did that reined it back i think they draw a lot more people in but who knows if they're going to do like a big reset because they do that quite a lot in comics don't they i was gonna i was gonna say i think i think one of the reasons why i like marvel more than than dc i like dc i appreciate dc and and think there's there's a lot to like about the DC universe. If you go, if you look for the right things and pick and choose what you're into and, and eventually you kind of learn. But I think it's harder in a way, DC try and make it easier for you to start from point zero. They, yeah. they, hit, they hit the reset button almost every four years, I think. They just go, right, new continuity, start again, new continuity. We'll keep that, we'll keep that, we'll keep that. We'll throw the rest out. Um, Marvel only really hit the reset button once. Uh, back in 2015 with oh, oh, Secret Wars. Yeah, the 2015 version of Secret Wars. They basically hit the reset button, combined a lot of the universes, much like the first time DC did it in 1985 with the Infinite Crisis on Infinite Earths. Mm. So many Earths, so many crises. <laughs> um, and uh, and and but that was that was always my issue. Is like, well, well, where do I start now? Do I start? Do I start at Infinite? you know crisis on infinite earth or do i do zero hour or do i do infinite crisis or do i do you know all the different resets and it's like well just give me a good story just what's good in whatever continuity so i don't really i'm not really that bothered with the continuity of of that they go well we have to throw out all these ideas you have to throw out this and we want to tell these different kind of stories it it can work in a reset button and i think they will do that hmm. i think it it has to because like I watched Black Widow and I was like, you're already fucking up your continuity now. Mm. I, said, I said to Andy, I was like, if you pull at Black Widow, it all comes apart. If you pull at that little continuity thread, it will all come apart for you. Um, yeah. I, I won't do it for people. I'm not going to ruin that film for people. I don't, I don't think it's a bad film. I, I just, there was, a, a, there was a couple of things. I was just like, it could have been better. Yeah. And, it, and again, it was one of those where I was like, I was like, yeah, it was all right. And then I was like, wait a minute. <laughs> You've done it again. I mean, I, I enjoyed the characters of, of Black Widow. I thought, and I thought it was a lot more fun than I thought it was going to be. But it was completely unnecessary. Apart from introducing Elena, who is amazing, um, mm. it was completely unnecessary. And I feel like that film suffered a lot from when it was released. If yeah. that film was what we got, if instead of uh, Captain Marvel, we got mm. Black Widow, that film would be held in much higher regard. I think yeah. because it would it would bring a lot more weight to Black Widow, and you mm. and also Captain Marvel was quite crap <laughs> well, yeah and like the thing is i love i love captain mob i, I wrote back when i was doing a the nerdified podcast with um with uh dan Keatis, who's a, a guest on my show quite a bit and he's coming up again um like i wrote this i, I binged captain marvel comics like mm. uh, carol danvers comics be it ms marvel or captain marvel i i literally i did the gamut of you know years and years of her like solo run uh various solo runs and i i fell in love with that character even more than i ever thought i could and wrote this whole article and people started commenting and stuff and it was one of the i'm not a writer really i'll i'll, I'll say that but you know um you know, dyslexic for a start so i'm like <laughs> a, bit, a bit like that so and like dan had to edit quite a lot he's like oh god you don't even know how to use full stops uh, <laughs> it's like shit like that like oh just your punctuation's awful uh so but he, like he's a great editor and he, was, he made me sound actually clever uh which i'm not really uh and uh, and and i i was so geared up for that and and it really did not grab me the way i wanted it to but we know the reason why captain marvel came so like any black widow came even later was ike perlmutter was in charge 
of the Marvel kind of like that was his thing. He was like the head of that. And he didn't believe that minority characters or women could carry films. Oh Christ. So so he basically that was basically what he said. He was like, they don't sell. Mm. That that was his excuse. And and lo and behold, Captain Marvel makes a billion. Black Panther makes a billion. You know, so he's absolutely been proven wrong. But that unfortunately is why they came so late. Kevin Feige actually was like, let's get this out now. Let's do this. Let's do that. Um, and he just couldn't because he had no real creative control. And only now does he have that creative control. And Pearl Mutters, I think he's he's come back into he's he was in an article recently going, they're ruining it, they're doing it all wrong. Um, or something, but yeah, that's that was basically who was in charge. So that's why that Black Widow film came out when it should have come out much earlier, unfortunately. Yeah, and that, I, th- that, I think that, and also because she died, yeah. you know, it's kind of like it's 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 almost like that prequelitis type thing where it's I, I like, was going to say you you already know where this is heading. Yeah. Um, so and I was quite I was like, oh, Black Widow, I get an int- origin story, and it's like, no, you don't really. You get like maybe a flashback or two, and then you get this origin story that doesn't really fit or make any real sense or work and then you have a character who you know dies but not in this film so you know they survive so you go oh maybe yeah spoiler alert so you think maybe some of the other characters are going to die oh no everyone makes it out apart from Ta- uh, even taskmaster who isn't even close to what taskmaster should be and i'm not yeah. even a fucking taskmaster yeah. you know i barely know anything about taskmaster but what i do know is not that and it, <laughs> yes. it was it's one of those things with with the continuity and the kind of resetting stuff that I find, which is with with comics, I found it quite a lot. I mean, Marvel Unlimited, I want to say, I can't say no, enough good things about Marvel mm. Unlimited. I, I fucking simp for Marvel Unlimited. <laughs> uh, I, I don't give a fine fuck. I found it so goddamn helpful. As someone who's entering the, Mar- the, the comic world so late, you know, Star Wars is quite easy for me because I got in only a year or two after the canon reset. So I've mm. I've managed to, generally speaking, keep up to date with all the canon stuff. But go back to Legends, it's like, <laughs> uh, try not to think about that. Um, but with Marvel and all that sort of stuff, like, I, I want to read for um for absolute carnage hmm. uh, and i'll get into this when we do a full conversation sure. about it and stuff but like for absolute carnage i was like okay i want to read every i read maximum carnage uh, yeah maximum carnage and i was like he's a really cool character i've always loved symbiotes venom's always been basically my favorite cartoon animated uh comic hmm. thing ever since i saw him in the spider-man games on ps1 i was yeah. like he is so cool played ultimate spider-man what a game that is uh, and I was like I love symbiote stuff so I've been trying to read as much Venom and Carnage and that's why I basically was like I'm going to read every appearance of Carnage that I can find on Marvel Unlimited and in doing that I you know I started with uh, Maximum Carnage because I think that's when he basically first comes into it properly but then I went through sort of the other stuff from there and that was really fine that was good and I, I could get through that but there's a mm. point where he uh, in Amazing Spider-Man 800 and I was like, okay. So I started reading that, and it it, it did the Red Goblin, um, the Red Goblin story arc, which ah, is, of um, course, yeah. yeah, Greek Goblin combines with the Carnage symbiote, which I thought mm. was a really interesting idea, and it's really cool. But you start that, and it's like, oh, it was five issues, and the first issue or something, it references a character who appeared in Amazing Spider-Man, like four hundred and something or what, and I was like, who the fuck is this? I had to look mm. up on 
I've, I've tried. I use the fandom app because that's got Wikipedia on it. Yeah, yeah. Um, which is a godsend. Same, um, same here. That's why I would do with uh, if I'm looking for specific stories of characters. That's yeah. where I'd go because it, uh, it just lists them chronologically. Exactly, and I go there. But for some of them, they were so com- the storyline was so complex. I just went on normal Wikipedia because that's basically the normie version. You go, <laughs> you go on like the nerd. You go on fandom, and you go on the the Marvel element of uh, the uh, the fandom Wikipedia. And it's like, here is one million pages on the history of Spider-Man. You try and find out who Ben Riley is, and it's impossible. But if you go Wikipedia, the normal basic bitch version, mm. and you type in Ben Riley, you get about four paragraphs from people who don't really know that well, but know enough to explain it to someone. You go, oh, okay, that makes sense. And so it's it that sort of thing where I was like, it, it was such an ocean of things. And I now, my, my, my Marvel knowledge now from just reading just Carnage stuff and then by proxy, I did the Road to Absolute Carnage and therefore mm. I read a lot of Venom stuff. From doing that, my my understanding of stuff is so much more because like the maker appears in it which was like the ultimate yes. version of reed richards who goes mm. evil and stuff and i'm like who the fuck is fuck what is and then you look into it and it goes oh yeah you know when marvel did that whole kind of resetting the canon doing everything yeah, as yeah. ultimate and I'm, I'm talking to the audience i know you know but like yeah. talking and it's like oh we're kind of resetting the canon let's do ultimate blah 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 and almost all of it flopped aside from like a small handful mm. Um, well, Sp- Spider-Man was successful, the Spider-Man yeah. version. Um, but then, yeah, uh, Ultimates was... Tell me about there. that, because I'm intrigued by the cause the Ultimate Universe. I read Ultimate Spider-Man, the, yeah. the, the comics. Um, I read the Carnage appearance, and I read quite a lot of that. And mm. a lot of the Ultimate Spider-Man has influenced the Spider-Man movies today. Like, a, yeah. a, lot, of, a lot of modern Spider-Man is actually a lot of... Like, now... Now we've branched out a lot more. Sort of five. If you ask me, like maybe ten years ago, most mm. of it seemed to be from Ultimate, but now it's branched out to a lot more of the non-Ultimate stuff. But yeah. I found that so much of it. So I'm interested by the Ultimate Marvel stuff. So that that was kind of Marvel again doing a bit of a DC thing. Going, we we want to keep the original continuity, but we want to attract new readers in a modern way and do modern kind of storytelling. And Ultimate Spider-Man, and they did Ultimate X-Men. And then they branched off into the Ultimates and various other things. And and that went on for years and years and years. And again, I've not read a lot of it because it's not really my bag. But a lot of the designs and the ideas and the modernization of it, like Nick Fury, like Sam Jackson version of Nick Fury is from that universe. Mm. Before that, it was an old kind of World War II war dog uh, type uh, character, and they've kind of they've kind of married a few other versions together to to get the most popular version, which is the Sam Jackson version. Uh, Miles Morales came from the Ultimate Universe as well. Mm. Like you said, that version of Reed Richards, who is evil, it's an evil version. Um, and they did do an ultimatum storyline where they killed everything off. But effectively, like if you watch uh, the Tobey Maguire Spider Man. So it's not a radioactive spider, it's a genetically engineered spider. Where do they get that from? The 2001 Ultimate Spider-Man number one. You know, they they went, we need to update this to a point. Yeah. Like, we still want the feel and the characters and everything to be in line with that, but we need to make it not sound quite as hokey or, <laughs> you know, it can't be radiation and, you know, because that was it. It was very much the atomic age, like what the horrors of radiation. We have the Hulk and cosmic rays and all that sort of stuff. But now it's like... You know, it's um, all these different scientists, uh, like these uh, genetic splicing and things like that. It's like those are the horrors and the cloning and those are the new scientific potential horrors that could occur. Um, so it was just it was just that. And obviously the the characters speak more like in, like modern parlance. And and uh, it's just, yeah, it's just the 2001 Spider-Man. What if Spider-Man was, was here now in this age and 
you know, how would it be? You know, and, and those early films are very much more like the 60s version. Mm. But they they cherry pick what they want from that, like the Osborne stuff and Oscorp and the spiders being from Oscorp and all that other stuff. Um, that's all kind of linked together. But it's 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 just that really. And um the Ultimate Spider-Man is really it's really interesting because it's very dialogue heavy. Mm. Like all like it's very it's not like there is action and stuff, but there's your your average kind of arc in that is basically like Brian Michael Bendis writes the whole thing. And and one of my favorite artists who you, you'll be familiar with is Mark Bagley, mm. who draws it. And again, they do the entire run. They do the longest run on Ultimate Spider-Man that two creators have ever done since Stan Lee and Jack Kirby did on the Fantastic Four. So wow. That's an achievement in itself mm. uh, to say that they've stuck together and not fallen out, or you know the 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 book hasn't fallen off the sales or anything like that. Um, so it, it's probably worth hunting down. And I've I've read some of it. I, again, I was doing I was going through Marvel Unlimited, but eventually I wasn't reading as much Marvel Unlimited. So I said, you know what, I'll just buy from Comicsology when I, whenever I want, or get a physical version when I really want to read something. Um, but yeah, I think I think if you like Spider Man, there's there's something there for you. It's something realistic and modern you know you know not everyone's going to go and read those steve ditko stanley issues because they can be a bit of a slog like i'm not I'm, they're not yeah. bad but they can it's it's a very much a dated form there's a lot of there's a lot of dialogue like every like there's you know there's it's very structured it's like three panels another three panels another three panels mm-hmm. you know and it's they're all chock full of dialogue and it can take you like maybe you know, half an hour to 45 minutes to read it sometimes. Yeah. If you're going to really like actually like sit down and read it. And again, they're absolute classics. They're amazing. They're great. And they are amazing, spectacular, whatever you want to call them. And I love the the old stuff and I respect that, but it, uh, comic books have come a long way and they've become, they've, the writers are, are letting the, the visuals speak for themselves mm. a lot more nowadays. There's, there's barely any dialogue in comics anymore. Um, to it, to its, to its, you know, greatness, to its um, improvement. You don't like Chris Claremont, who wrote X Men, was just always describing <laughs> every fucking panel, and you're like, you're like, I can see the art. It's fine. I, I don't need Tolkien, you know, levels of description of of a, of a moon base. I just I can see it. It looks good. Cheers. Well, that's that's one of the things that I found because when I got Marvel Unlimited, I was I'm going to read loads of stuff, and I'm and, and you know going through, I'm like there is not enough time in the world. If I no. didn't have a job, I could go through Marvel Unlimited, and I wouldn't get I wouldn't scratch the surface before I die. Mm. And so I'm just like, okay, I have to cherry pick, cherry pick Venom, Carnage, uh, a few Spider Man things, and then when. I'm now planning Moon Knight is next. I was I thought Moon Knight was going to be coming out later this year. So my plan was to finish Absolute Carnage, The King in Black, which is like mm. the kind of sequel successor to uh, Absolute yeah. Carnage. And then I'd be like, cool, Extreme Carnage is coming out. That probably won't be done for another few months. So I've got time. Then I can go on to Moon Knight. But now Moon Knight's here in like a month and a half. So it's like, oh God, I got to read a bit more. But I, I did read some of the older Spider-Man, especially because when I read, I know Maximum Carnage isn't that old. I think that was no. the nineties, uh, ninety-three. I want to say, yeah. yeah. And I, read- I, I played the video game. There was a video game from the for the yeah. Because there's there's actually there's a comic which is I think it's I can't remember what it's called, but there's a there's a mini series of Carnage, and it's literally about the Maximum Carnage game coming out. And Carnage yes, yes. goes into the game itself, and then has to fight Venom in. The, and that was that's one of those balmy stories I've ever read. But it's really interesting. <laughs> I thought it was crazy. I didn't think by the end of it, I was like, "Was that good?" I don't know, but I'm quite I'm quite glad I've consumed it. 
I remember when the film came out, the Venom film came out, and there was a lot of complaints about Venom not being like this R-rated, dark, disturbing story. And I, I, I kind of went, have you guys actually read any 90s Venom comics? <laughs> they are yeah. all absolutely goofy as fuck. Yeah. Like, they're disturbing, don't get me wrong, and there's there's murder in it, and he like suffocates people, and he stalks Spider-Man, um, and they really go whole hog on the idea that he knows who Spider-Man is and stalking him and stuff, and I love that. And it's like he is a serial killer, basically, but with superpowers. So it's even it's like, you know, Freddy, Jason, whatever you want to be, um, but he's after Spider-Man. He could just literally, he walks up to Aunt May, and helps her like hang some washing out. He's like, "Don't you dare come near her" and stuff like that. And but I was like, I was like, literally, if you if you like, Venom has never had an R-rated comic. Like mm. they've never done a Marvel Max of Venom. No, because like, they've done Punisher. Yeah, they they've done, done Punisher. They've done Wolverine. They've done all this other stuff. Like, and then again, there'll be swearing. There'll be extreme violence, blood. You know, heads coming off. You know, penises getting maimed. Whatever you want to. It's all in there. Go see it. Um, but. Venom has never had that like R-rated stuff. There, again, it's dark and it's done. Obviously, they can't show that amount of violence and, and brutality and blood. There's, there's still dark and disturbing imagery and the way he acts. And, you know, they there is that. And I think there's a little bit of that in Venom. But yeah. if you read it, there's him, you know, he's, go, he's, he's swinging across the city going like, strangers in the night, you know, singing shit like that. And you're like, or, and he's like, you know, he's telling people to be, you know, he's like, oh, you were, you were innocent. No, actually, yeah, there's a, ba- a baby. He's attacking Spider-Man. There's this baby gets thrown from the carriage and the parents are like, no, my baby. And he, grab, he grabs the baby and he's like, uh, nobody, no innocent should be hurt. Uh, only Spider-Man. Uh, you need to be better parents and throws the baby back at them. It's fucking stupid and, and bizarre. And that is that first Venom film. And I don't mind that film. Obviously, I had a little issue with the most, more recent one. But again, I don't think it's because of... I think Tom Hardy and Venom's, you know, the Eddie Brock and Venom relationship is the best thing in it. Oh, and, yeah. I, and even in and even in uh, Let There Be Carnage, I think that is the standout thing about it is that Definitely. he has that he he nails those characters and he's read those books the lethal protector and oh, the, the, the references in let there be carnage is great and I, I we will delve into that i want to just ask with let sure. there be carnage have you only watched it the once yes okay because i've i only watched the once i watched the cinema so i'd okay. say that before we have our um our, watch, it, watch it again one, yeah because I have a feeling that I'm probably going to like it less, and I think you'll probably like it more. Because <laughs> <laughs> because yeah, it's it. I I think the first Venom film was a bit like that. I watched it mm. and I was like, you know, I was like, oh, this is this is really good. It's missing a few beats. It's really good. And I rewatched it and I was like, mm. oh, that wasn't as good as I thought it was. And then I showed it to Megan because we're doing yeah. a big Spider-Man rewatch before No Way Home because I predicted mm. like everyone did um, what happened in that. Mm. And then when I watched it the third time. I was like, this is nowhere near as bad as I remember. This is actually really, <laughs> I'm really enjoying this. This is really fun. And Megan loved it. She was so against watching Venom for ages because mm. she, everyone told her it was so shit. And she was like, I hate Spider-Man 3. It's one of the worst things I've ever seen. Venom's going to be terrible. And then she watched it. She was like, this is really funny. No one told me it was this funny. And I was like, yeah, but if you tell someone Venom's funny, mm. they'll go into it expecting Guardians of the Galaxy, which yeah, it exactly. is not. Um, but anyway, with, with, um, with the comics and things, with... Um, Venom, like when I was reading a lot of that and I was <clears throat> I was trying to go back and read some of the old school stuff and even 
the 90s Maximum Carnage, I was reading it, I was like, I can feel this has aged, you know, 30 odd years. And I was like, hmm. okay, I could feel the difference between that because I'm spoiled with modern comics and stuff. Hmm. And then I was like, okay, let's go back a bit more. And because of, um, shout out to uh, Matthew B. Lloyd of Comics in Motion, yeah, he yeah. does the classic comics, which are so interesting. I really like him, mainly because, bluntly, I don't want to have to read hundreds of old comics because I appreciate them. Like he goes further back than most people. Like he goes yeah. really like thirties, forties. Human Torch. I think he did one on the. Human oh, I love Torch, that one. Yeah, that's and a great I, one. And I mad respect him for doing that. But I've read not maybe I haven't read the best ones and stuff. But I've read some of the like OG. Like I went back and read like the first few Captain Americas after he did a thing about Captain America and some of the really early Spider Man comics things like that and. I want to be honest with you, I could not stand them. I was reading mm. them, I was like, the dialogue to me makes no sense because obviously where they're from, I mean, you know, Captain America's like the 40s yeah. and you've got Spider-Man, I think it's the 60s. So it's like, these predate, these were before my parents were even, well, basically, well, my parents were born 49 and 59. So this is like when my parents yeah. were kids. I was like, okay, the dialogue in this at the time was a little bit cheesy for how people spoke then. Nowadays, it's just ridiculous because no one talks like that anymore. So mm. I know that's, you can't judge old uh, literature on the way they speak because yeah. obviously they couldn't write future in the time. You don't <laughs> criticize Shakespeare for not using certain things. But it's like when you when I read it, I was like, okay, the dialogue in this is not the best. The the artwork is still really cool, hmm. but because the artwork nowadays is so much computer stuff, and it some of it like some of those Carnage comics, you read like Carnage that the miniseries. Some of the artwork in it is some of the best artwork I think I've ever seen, and I'm like. Hmm. How did anyone think of this, let alone draw it? But then some of the older storylines, because they were so integral to comics and comic book movies, now that I've, I'm have i kind of going back after playing the Spider-Man PS1 games and PS2 games and all the other Spider-Man games because they're all amazing, uh, and also watching the Spider-Man films and watching the 90s cartoon and all this other stuff, I've seen basically them cherry pick the best parts and in some ways improve them. So mm. when you go back and check out the OGs a lot of the time, it's like, this this isn't landing like I wanted it to. Yeah. Because it's it's almost how I describe you've, um You've seen it you've seen someone do a better version of it. You yeah. see it's like if you see you see Shakespeare, you see like an old 70s BBC production of Shakespeare after seeing, you know, going to I don't know, um the Royal Albert Hall or some yeah I don't I can't even remember theatres that's how blacked <laughs> I am as an actor I can't even think of a you know what a big a big theatre fuck it whatever one of them down you know down in the West End I'll just say the West End <laughs> one, of, one of them one we of them there. yeah uh, <laughs> it's late it's so late oh, I'm so tired no um, <laughs> like it's it's like going and seeing that and and having that emotional connection and and enriching you and grabbing you and. And having that moment, like that's the best thing about live theatre is that, you know, it will never be the same. Anything mm. can happen. Like I've been on stage and absolutely proper shit the bed and like fucking <laughs> forgot what I was doing. Um, I don't know where the fuck I was. I, 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 did a, I did a show not so long ago. I, I was playing this ghost and there's this huge comedy scene opening night. And I have to duck behind this table and there's a cloth and I have to literally pop up and that's my entrance. And I popped up and I caught the back of my head on this table, banged my head and I hit my head so hard and I got such a head rush. I didn't know who the fuck I was for like a minute. Oh my God. And I was like, hello, I'm a ghost. I'm your uncle. And that's the only line I could remember. And the guy's looking at me like, what the fuck is going on with you? Like, I, cause I'm just repeating the same line over and over. So not, not 
not so much that the audience, you know, realised. They heard the bang because it was pretty fucking hard. <laughs> I was like a bit wobbly. But eventually it just all, again, it's just that muscle memory and just snaps back and you're like, bam. And then we did the scene and there was a raucous laughter and it went down really well. And they were just like, what the fuck, you know, what the fuck happened to you? And I was like, I banged my head. I didn't know who the fuck I was or where I was, <laughs> what I was. Uh, and, you know, it, it happens. It absolutely just just happens. And there's there's a there's a magic to that and like everything could pot you know everything will go wrong could go wrong murphy's law and everything uh and that's one of the the benefits of of theater and stuff is you could you know obviously you know the the movies and stuff they go through so many different hands and so many different eyes are on it and things but um but yeah, there is something to be said for for just being there in the moment and uh and yeah i guess like generationally, we're going to have our versions of that. Like when I was reading, you know, in the mid early nineties, mid nineties, I was reading those Venom stories. I had a collection that I destroyed basically because I read it so much. And those Carnage stories, I wanted to read Maximum Carnage for years, but I like buying the graphic. I don't really like the floppies. Mm. So, and they never collected it, or it was always rare, or it was always you can never find it, or it was like I was like desperate. And eventually, they reprinted it. I was like, thank fuck years and i finally read it luckily it wasn't disappointing i really enjoyed it and i'm sure we'll get into that um on our podcast about it and stuff but i think there is something to be said for you know it's a classic and it's it's breakthrough and it's groundbreaking like like me and me and andy and jack have talked about these films even though we don't necessarily enjoy them they're important landmarks in cinema Mm. for what they did like hitchcock and stuff like vertigo and stuff not a fan of vertigo but it introduced some things and it's it's remarkable in its own right i don't particularly like the film but i get why it's held up in such high regard and high esteem and it's again with these comic book stories is they are the classics they're the classic runs they're classic characters and these things happen and da, 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 da. but you know I, I like the dc animated movies because a lot of the stories they tell i actually think they improve on them mm. like they make them shorter snappier they they make some small alterations which i think a lot of the time do improve on the actual comic and it's rare i would say that but when i look at them i go like i look at that i read flashpoint and then I, I watch the Flashpoint Paradox, um, and I'm like, no, nah, it works better in the animated movie. You know, it mm. just flows better. It's connected better. There's more kind of synergy going on. Um, you know, the performances, the music, everything. It just there's something about it where I'm like, I, obviously, you can't really compare a comic book to a movie. It's an adaptation. There's going to be changes. You know, it's not going to be. You know, I don't want to see the. You know, as much as I enjoy Watchmen. That is basically the comic, you know, Mm. and I appreciate that. And that's impressive in its own right to do that, to film what was effectively unfilmable is quite an achievement for, you know, love or loathe Zack Snyder. He did it. You know, Watchmen is one of my favorite movies ever. I, I adore it. And I watched the director's car. I was like, it's even better. And Megan yeah. was like, what have you made me watch? <laughs> this sucks. <Is> that the, <laughs> this sucks got, so hard. Have you got the one with the, the pirate cartoon in it as well? No, I, I've got... So I, I know there's the three versions. There's the standard version. Well, no, there's four versions. There's the standard version, the extended version, the director's cut version, and then there's the ultimate director's cut version, which has the, the, cartoon, the cartoon in the middle. In it, yeah. And I got... I had the normal edition for ages... 
And then I bought a steel book which had the director's cut. And I made and I was like, this isn't the director's cut with the cartooning, because if it is, I'm gonna lose mm. Megan. Um and so <laughs> I I checked it and I was like, no, this is the version without that because I think it's yeah. almost it's very difficult to get a home release version of in the English. Ultimate cut. Yeah, the I, cut I, I actually bought the region one DVD from America because yeah. I had a I had a region I, I played around with my DVD player and got it to play region ones because I was really like I love animation and, and there was they never released for years, they never released any animation over here. Mm. Of anything so it was a nightmare to to find anything so i got like batman the animated series spider-man all that other stuff and i got that from the u.s that was dragon ball z I, yeah I so that. yeah exactly the same thing i got dragon ball z as well and i got again region one because it was just you can't watch it otherwise or i would just have to you know torrent it or bloody you know watch a, a streaming site which i shouldn't be watching um, and i want to clarify sort of i want to say like with um like back years ago i used to you know torrent a lot of stuff because i had no money but also sure. a big part of it was things that frustrated me was game of thrones is the big one for me which was like game of thrones came out like when the first few series were out it was coming out like sometimes weeks or a few days earlier in the us than the uk and i'm like I don't give a flying fuck about licensing, about this. Mm. If you release an episode of Game of Thrones mm. where a major character dies in America because the internet exists, I will be- get it spoiled. That's, yeah. That's, yeah, absolutely. You can't do that anymore. And so with me, I was always like with torrenting. I was like, right, if I can't get it over here, if I can't pay for it over here, as long as it's not, you know, fucking extortionate, where it's like mm. Amazon Prime, you want to watch a series like Flashpoint or something, or uh, Arrow, one Arrow series, yeah, £2.50 per episode, please. And you're like, you're mm. fucking what? Yeah. what do you, well, there's 24 episodes. I can buy the Blu-ray on Amazon for quarter of that price. What are you doing? How, how can you charge that? Like, excluding that those circumstances, I'm like, and, and sometimes you can't get it. it take, torrenting's fine. Sometimes it would take months, six, seven months, eight months down the line. And you probably, if anything, you probably, the DVD would be out before the show. Yeah, like on on TV or on any of the kind of apps or whatever it was, um, you know, it was mental. I remember Heroes as well, and there was mm. such a huge gap, and it was just like, why? I just I never got it, and and even now, like I went to watch um, the Halo trailer uh, for the new show. They've yeah, because I, I, I played the first four games. That yeah, yeah, and I I it was on the Paramount Plus site, and that's obviously not something we have over here. But the trailer was region locked. What? I was like, why is it region locked? I can't even pay for 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 Paramount Plus over here. They'll they'll drop it on Netflix or something like that. Or well, now TV is normally Disney. where things go. There everything, you go. Everything on HBO Max seems to be on now TV because Sky right. has, seems to have everything All that's that. not anywhere else. So Well, there you go. Like and I was like, that is fucking stupid. And what did I do? I had to go on so, so instead of clicking the link that was on, I don't know, comicbook.com or whatever the website I, I follow on Facebook. So I went on YouTube and it's just there. I was just like, "What? Why? Why do? Why make me jump through all these hoops just to watch a fucking trailer?" Because it makes you but, want to watch it. Because some people, yeah. like for me, if that was me, I was like, "Oh yeah, Halo." Because I still watch the trailer. I saw that on, I was on IMDb and I was like, "Oh, there's a Halo movie." I was like, mm. "I was like, I love the games up to the mm. fourth one, and I, sure. I enjoyed the fourth one." And I was like, "Do, do I want to watch a movie of Matt Master Chief? Is it? Could it be good?" Like I don't mm. even. I saw the there's the uh, Neil Blomkamp Halo thing that he made because mm. um, obviously he was meant to make the movie and then they were like, "No, nope, we're not going to do that. No one's going to buy it. Make just here's some money and some special effects." And he made one of the greatest sci-fi films ever made ever, mm. District Nine. Um, but nice. with um with that, it was just like with when they used to region lock stuff, I used to be like, oh, I'm hyped to see this. And then you can't get it. And you're like, well, fuck you. I don't care anymore. And then by the yeah. time you can watch you're like, I've lost all interest in the hype has gone. I either know the plot or no one I know watched it because we can't fucking get it over here. So I've just yeah. given up. I'll be, you can watch it here now. I, like, I don't fucking want to. And also at principle, I now super don't want to. <laughs> 
but it was the same with um it was the same with like I, again i know the kind of licensing and all that other bullshit but i just think just make it like there was an app there was a dc app a while ago and i think it failed anyway but it had i think they've all gone over to all the stuff has gone over to hbo max now but there was a dc app and it had comic books on there it had all the shows it had young justice it had titans it had all this other stuff and i was like sounds great I'd, I'd i'd literally i would pay for that i will i will pay for that i'll get you know i like dc stuff um you know if it's stuff that's available i can you know i can binge it and what have you because I'm, I'm not really a tv guy that's the thing i don't mm. tend to watch a lot of like big tv shows i don't i don't just tend to to do it you know I'll, like i binged the mandalorian like like i said because i'm like i haven't watched it but i'll i can fucking binge it let's <laughs> do it um but yeah, there's only like certain things that will grab me, and and again, even then, if even if they're really good, I'll still fall off and and not go back to it sometimes. And again, not because I hate it; it's just that's just not my intention. Like for me, it's like short form storytelling. Give me a good story, you know. Like you said, like with Arrow and Flash, too long, loads of dull episodes with nothing going on, st- over stretching these arcs and loads of weird storylines and stuff i'm like just keep it tight i like the model there is now the eight episodes like you were saying before that's that's my favorite and and i prefer that to this but just yeah i can't even remember what i was fucking talking well, re- about re- region lock stuff really aggravates me as well because yeah. yeah. it's just uh, that was it the, the dc app sorry go ahead yeah so so i, I it, they didn't release it internationally mm. like why I was like, that's literally people will buy, people will do it. It's like, it can't be that much harder. A few more servers here and there. Surely that's that's all it really needs. Well, that's that's what annoyed me because um, I will say, in your point with the six, seven episode thing, I agree completely. And annoyingly, like I watched a lot of the Marvel uh, Netflix shows. I watched series one of all of it, apart from Iron Fist, I watched four episodes, and then I just Wikipedia the rest of the plot and watched the <laughs> Defenders because I was like, this is fucking unbearably bad. <laughs> hey, this is meant to be the show that has the best martial arts in of all of them. What does it have? The worst. Okay. How was it the Daredevil's got better martial arts in the faceless baddies than Iron Fist does in the whole show. Ugh. Um, anyway. But Lots of people said the second series was better and it was more in line with what I would consider the comics and stuff, but I thought it was loads worse. I mean, there's, there's very little you could do to convince me to watch that show. I mean, I, I, I really enjoyed like Punisher series one, but I didn't watch series two of that. I just never got around to it. And the problem is Netflix at that time were like, everything needs to be 13 episodes, even when it shouldn't be. And I was mm. like, okay. And even with Daredevil, which I think... I've I've still only seen Daredevil series one and two because I, mm. I caught up with series two and then by the time series three came out I'd kind of lost a bit of interest and stuff yeah. and then me and Megan recently before Far From Home we watched um, Daredevil series one and two because I had an inkling and rumours obviously and then we mm-hmm. watched the first two series great we haven't watched the third series yet we're going to this year even though I've heard yeah. it's the best series but it's just it, one of the it, things it, where it's it like is. well I think I mean one and three are great I, I like two as well I, I love two, two is, but I think two was great two has two I like two more than one because the Punisher stuff in Daredevil I think is the some of the best anything I've seen in ages, including some of the one shots that hallway. The whole episode where he fights Punisher and then he's in the hallway is one of the greatest scenes I think in the last twenty years of cinema. I think it's yeah. so so well done, and every punch has weight to it, which I love. Mm. Um, but you know, when you get into the stuff with Electra on the hand, it's so fucking dull. But still, with Daredevil, it's like here's thirteen episodes. Okay, well Daredevil should have been nine, 
If Daredevil was eight or nine, it would be considered by nerds and non-nerds alike as one of the greatest TV shows that's happened in the last couple of years. Because there was 13 episodes, people who weren't that fast, they did what Megan would have done if I hadn't pushed her, which is got about four or five episodes in, and then when you get to that lull of giving up, because there's normally a three or four episode lull, it happens in you know in yeah. Buffy the Vampire Slayer, yeah. instead of it being in one part, it's more Buffy. It's like, here's five great episodes. Now it's his one shit one. Here's five great episodes. Here's one so bad, it almost ruins the series. And then here's one of the best episodes straight after it, because mm. we had to do 22 or 24 and episodes. I, I or think it was, again, it was experimenting with the new model. I know like... I really hate these old directors fucking complaining about like streaming models and things like that. Like Scorsese, like I like, Scorsese. I like Scorsese. I like Ridley Scott's work, but I fucking, and even Roland Emmerich's complaining at the moment saying there's too many Marvel films and stuff. And I just, I can't fucking, it's just like, I'm an angry old man. <laughs> it's it's very much like that. And like Scorsese's really bad for it. Also, I don't like actors that say, I hate comic book films. I'll never be in a comic book film. Stallone was really bad for that because he said, I hate comic book movies. are stupid. Da, da, da. Come see it. Expendables. Expendables 1, 2, and 3. I'll never be in a comic book film. Then he made two in the space of three or four years. <laughs> Fuck you fucking hypocrite. Like, you, I know for a fact all of them will do one. Yeah. Like like Ben Affleck, for example, he said, I'll never do another one after Daredevil. Daredevil was the worst. I'll never do one. I'll never do one. They go, Batman, here's a lot of money. Yeah, sure, I'll do it again. Don't don't shit on something and then turn around. Like like Scorsese shat on the Netflix model. He said, mm. oh, you know, da-da-da-da-da, I, I don't like it. It's ruining cinema. Rah, rah, rah. No one's going to cinemas anymore. But when no one wanted to buy The Irishman because it was too fucking long, who came to save the day? Netflix. And then he was like, I'm all about Netflix. <laughs> Netflix is great. I love the streamer model. Just fucking hypocritical bullshit from these old men. And Ridley Scott's like, everyone's on their phone and not watching films. No, no, it's not that. It's just that people want to go to something that... Cinema is more about blockbusters now. Your art house films and stuff and your T... Like, this was like TV's golden age. You had your Breaking Bads and your Game of Thrones. Like, actors and and proper drama, is that's been told in in these formats, in this model. You know, nobody wants to go and see a dry kind of nights and, you know, of the old, ye old table, you know, in and no one's going to pay for that because it's just not what the audience wants. They want the Fast and the Furiouses. Like, like, I wouldn't buy fucking Sophie's Choice on Blu-ray, you know, or fucking HD, because I'm like, I don't need to see that in HD. I want to see bloody, I want to see Terminator 2 in HD in oh, Blu-ray and stuff. You know, I want to see Aliens. I want to see that, you know, the visual spectacle and the action, and, you know, the explosions and stuff. That's the stuff I want to see in clear definition. I don't want to see, want to see like a weepy kind of drama you know, I, I, I'm not in, I'm not interested in that for for stuff like that, and that's not what people are going to the cinema for. They're going for these big, you know, even Bond they didn't really turn out for, and they thought, and everyone was like, that's going to save cinema from COVID. You know, nobody nobody really went to see it. You know, uh, you know, no spoilers or anything, but you know, it was a, a fairly big tentpole film. They spent more money on marketing than probably any film of all time and it still didn't really make anywhere near the money they need to make up for all the marketing but the 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 film that's actually probably saved cinema is fucking spider-man oh yeah 100 percent. it's like and me and megan have spoken about as well it's like there are films that come out where 
the problem is there's certain films that have limited releases like Ex Machina yeah. that, I think it's one of the greatest sci-fi films ever made and when that Absolutely. came out I was so hyped for it I was like oh, I love Alex Garland you know he wrote the, he wrote the book for uh, The Beach and helped with the screenplay of it and that's one of my favourite Danny Boyle films he did he did a lot of work for Danny Boyle a screenplay and stuff and he also wrote a couple of other things as well that escaped me but he's he's a very good writer and screenplay um, writer as well so Ex Machina I was like well Oscar Isaac's one of the greatest actors ever lived and I think I will die on that hill I think DiCaprio's probably the best almost indisputably but Oscar Isaac is so good and so is James McAvoy and then you've got Domino Gleeson who's incredible as well and you've got what those two two major Star Wars stars in a film which is ba- made by the guy who's partly responsible for the beach who also did like there's one other big thing he did and I can't remember what it was um, but he's done a lot of stuff so I was like oh, I can't wait to see Ex Machina it was out in the cinema for like a week and I was like mm. I, I, I literally same as a lot of Wes Anderson films I was like I, I love Wes Anderson love it but I don't have time to go if it's out for one week or two and I'm busy I can't, I can't go see that but Marvel is like we're going to be out in the cinema for like two months and you're like well I can go see that whenever and if you choose on the day it comes out it's in every cinema on every screen every 15 fucking yeah. minutes there's, it's, it's impossible to not find a time that works for you when you want to see like there's a new film out um with jim broadbent called the duke that i want to watch oh yeah yeah i saw the trailer for it today yeah it's only gonna be out for two weeks i guarantee but the thing is it's gonna if it's gonna be on really fucking annoying times like 3 p.m or 10 p.m i'm not gonna see it because i i I work and i can't go to the cinema that late but when it's like a marvel film they're everywhere and also the thing is what people don't people like scorsese and stuff who his comments on the marvel films piss me off it's not art i'll fuck off if i can make silence one of the worst films i've ever seen in my life um still (laughs) oh no christian suffrage then don't go to a country that told you if you go over there we'll kill you if you try and change the religion of all our people fuck me anyway I've got very strong feelings on that film it really <laughs> aggravated me and I forced my friends to go to the cinema to watch it because I was like well, Wall Street's so good God, Goodfellas is so good Scorsese he hasn't made a bad movie three hours that's fine for Scorsese then I watched Silence that was awful uh, anyway basically it's like it's a risk when you when people don't understand, especially these now people in Hollywood who are directors who've got a million billion pounds it's, or dollars for us not regular folk okay covid especially killed the point of having a limitless mem- membership for 99 percent of people sure. okay yeah. and most people who get limitless membership cards they are normally there's a site uh, a, a generalization but normally you've got a friend to go with or you really really don't have anyone to go with when i was single i went with two of my mates who are also single for a year and a half we went and saw everything once we all got girlfriends we, we didn't have the time to make it worth spending £18 a month because if we went to the cinema three times or less, it costs more money to have the Limitless card. So we were like, well, we're not going to the cinema every week because we've got other stuff we want to do. And the thing is, is that when you go to the cinema now, if you go to somewhere like View, you can get a ticket for as little as a fiver. If you go to somewhere like Showcase, it's more like 15 quid. And it's, it kind of depends. I mean, Showcase, you get really nice reclining chairs and it's a lot more space and stuff. I don't, I don't know where you're located, but it sounds amazing that you can pick and choose all these different cinemas. It's like great. 15 miles. Southampton. Southampton. Yeah, Southampton. yeah view, view and Eastley's a fiver a ticket, whereas Showcase with full-on reclining chairs. It's a Viewcase Deluxe, full-on reclining chairs with electric recliners and stuff. And that's normally 10 to 15 quid. So it depends Nice. what kind of experience do, was, do you get like a nice variety of different types of film do you get like the indies or do yeah, they we, like show some oldies and things like yeah, that yeah so view and showcase they often do a lot of the um especially when COVID was happening they did like terminator 2 and with top gun maverick coming out they're doing top gun and they do a lot of double feature stuff as well uh picture house is the best one um which is the art house movies they're the ones where the duke is probably going to be there for a while you can order beer when you go in there and have like a like a homemade vegan pizza and a beer while you watch um, an indie film no 
one's ever heard of. You can watch documentaries and crazy shit in there. I watched Under the Skin in there, which is you get to see. Oh, good film. It. I hated it. <laughs> oh, really? Okay. Uh, the best part for me, and this is going to make me sound like a misogynistic asshole, but it was in the midst of my Scarlett Johansson love. He gets his Scarlett Johansson naked, relatively, and that was at the, my peak of being basically a, a Scarlett Johansson simp. I fucking... <laughs> she's one of the most beautiful women that's lived, I think. But that was at the peak time where I was just... I fancied her so bad, and I just see anything she was in. And then we saw Under the Skin, I was like... I, I, I we'll have to talk about under the skin another time because hmm, I, I think sure. I wouldn't mind rewatching that and doing that on maybe Secret Balls or something. Yeah, but sure. That maybe with another film. But the point I was making was when a film comes out, nine times out of ten, if it, I've never seen a Marvel um, MCU movie that I have actively disliked, there's some which are weaker than others, like um, Thor two probably and Iron Man two. They're probably two of the weakest. But even those I enjoy. Same with all the Star Wars movies. Same with um, a lot of those kind of types of films. They are a safe bet. If I'm going to spend up. 15 quid if i treat megan it's 30 quid if we get a popcorn between it's 35 quid plus parking all that shit mm. if if we go to that that's a quite that's instead of another day out it's a couple of hours and it's a risk if you go to see an mcu movie it's going to enhance the experience because the visuals and the the whole sound and the, the audience uh reaction to some degree can really really help make the film better so when you have that you are paying 15 pounds and it's a safe bet Yes, when you go absolutely and see, right. Absolutely yeah. right. You and know you what you're going to get. Yeah, and if the, you see an the, indie film or something else, it's a risk, and you may just yeah. waste several hours and money. Hmm. But that, then again, you, you we're going back to that. You know, if you look at if you look at something online, if you find like a dodgy website, you know, there's less risk. You can just do that in the safety. And then if you go, you know, if you go, I, you know, when I used to do it, I, you know, go on the dodgy websites and watch stuff that I don't really do now, but. Um, when I would go on, if I really enjoyed it, I'd go out and buy it. Same. That's why I've got so many DVDs I, I, and Blu-rays. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's the thing. I discover stuff. And I think that's that's another thing is that I love all these cult classics. And I think nowadays you don't... I used to go to HMV and I used to literally flick through what they had. Just flick Same. through. And I worked like, at HMV for a bit as well, so <laughs> I got a discount. <laughs> of course you did. Of course you did. You know what I, you know what I used to do? I used to say oh, I bought this. I already have it. Oh, can I t- return it and swap it for something else? And they'd be like, yeah, okay. I was there like every week. <laughs> literally just standing it back. I'd, go, I'd watch it, hate it, and be like, yeah, I'll get something else. <laughs> just literally Genius. Swap, I mean, I'd go to CEX a lot as well to clarify. Like, yeah. DVDs like a quid. Like, 10% of my collections from CEX. Oh, yeah. Well, I, I picked up... When I started the podcast, that was the first thing I did. I was like, I was like, you know what? I'm just going to CEX and just see how fucking cheap now that it's just like one pound DVDs and stuff there. And I was, I even went the other day and was like, Oh, I love that. I love that. Mm. Um, so yeah, but it's, it, you can't really like going through and looking for records as well. That's not really a thing you do anymore. Yeah. Like people discover music in a totally different way. Like if you told someone, you know, a 16 year old that you would used to go into a shop and rent videos, they think you're a dinosaur, you know, yeah. like, it's like a totally different world. And it's only been really a few years you know, decades, I guess, but, you know, it's changed vastly. But, yeah, you don't discover, really. It's a very, re- like, and even if you do discover stuff, there's, like, there's there's films that are designed to be a cult classic, so mm. they'll be like, oh, it's exploitation, there's violence, there's zombies, there's all this other stuff, and, and it's trying to to be, like, bad or, or purposely a cult classic or modelled on that uh, model of being a cult classic. It's not really a cult classic that's been discovered and there's a fan base or anything like that, a rabid fan base for it. You know, it's not really the same sort of world. You'll discover like films, like every so often they'll be like, oh, there's a really good film that people haven't seen and it's on Netflix and you should check it out. And 
but it's not that you wouldn't go, oh, it's a cult classic. It's just something that's underrated and underseen, maybe. Yeah. You know, it doesn't really, that doesn't really exist anymore. So, like, that's why a lot of the stuff I do, it tends to be like a lot older, um, you know, because arguably there's, there is a fan base and there's, you know, there's a lot of people know about it. But yeah, it's, it's just not, it's not quite the same uh, experience, is it? Like, it's 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 weird that the world you know and i think that's what cinema is struggling with because the world moves on and technology moves on so quick like there's there's not even like laws fast enough to to sort out no. you know the possible like the internet came along and they were like well this will revolutionize everything oh look at all this porn um you know <laughs> before you even knew it, it was so much porn uh so but the porn like, is at the frontier of like all the porn industry like is responsible for almost all technology in the last 20 years enhancing its visual like vr was the first one of the first things you could get on vr it was vr porn it, 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 and it apparently helped the industry of vr yeah. get further and more people buy it and then they go oh i've already got this vr for this crazy intricate <laughs> porn i watch oh they got doom on vr as well well let's buy oh, that my too God. you can play doom on anything a calculator a microwave like that's that's the beauty of that game just play it wherever <laughs> um but yeah I, I, like it's the same with blu-ray blu-ray were one out over i think it was hd dvd or I yeah think called, that was because yeah. of ps3s though did you know about that yeah, there was the there was the porn angle and and the and the PS the PS3 angle the, wasn't the it? loss the loss leader PS3 angle, which was mm. it's the same it's the same reason why uh, DVDs won over was it Betamax was that was that the right no one? you're thinking VHS and VHS Betamax. And Betamax. I think it. you're I think you're thinking. Um, DVD Laser, and Laserdisc. Laserdisc, yeah, which PSP Laserdisc, had. Yeah, yeah. Um, DVD won because of XYZ, but Blu-rays beat HD, yeah, partly because of porn, but also because what Sony very cleverly did, and the, people forget this about Sony, Yeah, that, like, Disney are never really going to buy at Sony because Sony are, they create far more things than Disney do. Disney have got merchandise and IPs, and that's about it. Whereas Sony have got TVs, game consoles, etc., other works. And what they cleverly did, they sold PlayStation 3s, and it cost more to make them than they sold them for. But what it did is it put a Blu-ray player in, like, of all gamers, like 30% of homes immediately. And then they're like, well, then that's what I did. Like, I didn't, mm. I didn't have a PS3, but when I got a PS4, which already had a Blu-ray player in it, well, I already had a Blu-ray player or two. Well, I was like, mm. well, I don't. I don't need these old Blu-ray players. I'm just going to use my PlayStation 4 mm. as a Blu-ray player. And in doing that, because I use my PlayStation more, little adverts pop up of games. You buy more games from that. And it's a very, very clever marketing model. And that's how Blu-rays kind of won because it was like, well, well why they, would they, anyone they, buy that? They, but they own Blu-ray. That exactly. Sony they creates created it. Yeah. Blu-ray. So every film you buy on Blu-ray, no matter what production company, no matter what, Sony's getting a kickback. So, mm. you know, like that is that smart to, to buy out an entire form of like, that's, that's like, you know, Warner Bros owning uh, video cassettes. Yeah. Like it's mental. Like that's, <laughs> that's crazy to me that, that there's a whole, there's an art form. There's a form of art or like, you know, that is literally owned by one company. <laughs> one conglomerate is like, yeah, it's like, it's like if, I don't know, bloody, uh, you know, it's like if they own canvases, <laughs> you know, or brick walls for graffiti artists you know it's it's fucking mental you know if or if they owned every single theater in, in the entire world it's like it's almost it's almost kind of scary and kind of like you know you're like oh it makes you uncomfortable now to to think that every time every time i buy a blu-ray they're going <laughs> you know like oh yeah you know and and that's and also that's a problem because like the stuff i look at 
there's a lot of these really obscure stuff and there's stuff where I have to literally go on YouTube and see if it's on there. Mm. Like, like I'll, you know, with um, uh, various other kind of the, the kind of stuff we look at on the show is kind of really obscure or really like, People are like, I can't get this on DVD. I can't get this on Blu-ray. Not even in this country. Like, uh, Rhea couldn't get hold of Slither when we did that on the podcast. Oh. She, 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 she had to buy it from Germany. Um, and uh, luckily, I think I, I already, I think I already owned it at the time. So I bought it years ago, though. I, I still had it from years ago, like tucked away somewhere. And and I was, I was just like, that's crazy that you have to again, like, like I was doing earlier when I was buying all those American animated shows. There's no other way to watch them other than and it oh god the the amount of import tax i had to pay as well <laughs> was ridiculous i wouldn't i wouldn't do it now i wouldn't buy you know uh, import any of those from and you know especially not from europe because again you know all, there's, there's problems with that as brexit. well <laughs> brexit. god damn you brexit um but yeah like it's 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 mental that again in just the space of a few years that the entire entertainment industry, like like physical media as well, like that's almost non-existent now. And and again, it kind of comes back to that censorship thing as well. Because like I went to watch uh, Aliens on Disney Plus. Hmm. The only version they've got is the theatrical version. They don't have the director's cut. Oh, again, that yeah. Me off. I saw yeah. a butterfly effect. I should make a butterfly effect, and I won't say the ending for people who haven't seen it. So mm. I think it's a criminally underrated film. I think it's ace. The ending in the non-director's cut sucks ass. The director's cut is the is a four endings for that. The director's cut is the only one worth watching, and I have it on DVD. And I was like, there was two versions on Amazon, and they were both free uh, to watch with Prime. And I was like, okay, and I checked which one was longer, and I was oh that's gonna be the director's cut then, mm. and it wasn't. And then we ended it, and I was like oh. That completely took away from it. And it's like mm. with certain other films, I'm like, what? If you own the content, give us the option for director's cut. So I own so many DVDs and Blu-rays and certain things. Sorry. That's okay. it. No, no, you're right though. Absolutely. And that's that's the point I was making is that again, the the access to stuff. That's it. It's the 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 freedom to access it and to watch it and to to enjoy it. You know, it's it's becoming more and more difficult um and that's why people you know burn it onto dvds and do all that other stuff like i've i've recently bought this little uh blue dra- blu-ray external blu-ray and dvd drive and i copied a couple of films for me and tonya and uh ria to watch for a, a, an upcoming podcast and it took a took a while to do i've never done it before so i had to learn how to do that and i was like i think this will hopefully this will work um it did which was fine it was fairly simple just took a while uh and i sent those over to them and apparently you know there were Work and stuff um but you know it, it it saves me going oh let me look through youtube if i can find this old film and again it's like and it's what is the quality you're going to watch of it is it vhs copy is it a the, dvd it's half in spanish like the holiday special <laughs> yeah, i forgot about that <laughs> god yeah just all of a sudden like uh el galactico star wars uh yeah it was just it was mental that i was like what the hell is going on with this is this part of the holiday special is this is this zany i could almost believe it i was like yeah because again that's on that's on youtube there's mm. you can watch that in full um i was expecting it to be released on disney plus because there was a they showed a few clips on a trailer for disney plus of the holiday special so i thought maybe for life day because they made a big deal about life day and everything so i was like they got the comic out i, I listened to your podcast on the comic and oh, I was, and all the uh, all the the different media and all the had the galaxy's edge and had all the merch and chewy in the big robe and had the orbs and everything that, which are now canon which are now canon 
Uh, and uh, yeah, and so I thought maybe that's what they're going to do. They're finally going to go. But that's that's the thing as well with 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 Disney. They don't. They want you to have fun on their terms. Yes. So like with the Mandalorian, with the guy in the jeans that they saw in the background, you know the mistakes and stuff. Like like it's like in Cloud City, the guy who's running around with the ice cream maker. You know, I used to know his name. Yeah. It's like Woodrow Wilson. Woodrow Wilson. Yeah, something like yeah. that. You, nicely something done. Like you knew that better than I did. Wow. Uh, who knows? I, I think it's something like that. I, I, I think I read about it recently anyway, because it, it sh- they talk about it showing, because that's what happened in Book of Both Fett, wasn't yeah. it? The ice cream maker blows up and stuff. Spoilers. Um, but but they, you know, you can't have that those little moments. You can't have those to yourself, because they're like, oh, we can see a guy in jeans. That ruins it. This is this is not a joke we're making, so it does. You can't have that fun, you know. You can't you can't do that. You can't make fun of this or or have that little bit of you know. I I, I don't like that the idea that retconning. It's, it's yeah. I mean, I mean, I like adding. I, I like I like if they saw the blue jean guy and oh we kind of fucked up. How about in the next series of live action stuff we do, like in Book of Boba Fett, that's being made? How about we have someone in there who, in passing, is just a street seller and is selling this type of clothes, and someone mm. walks past and goes. God, why is he still saying that old stuff? No one's worn them since the old Republic days. And that would be brilliant. It would be funny and it would make everything make sense. But no, they go, yeah, let's just wipe that. And it's like, can't take it far away. That's exactly with the ice cream maker. They make it part of the canon. They've gone, they've gone, we'll give it a name. It's a container of certain things. Done. Like, again, it, it kind of it adds to it. There's a layer to it. You can have fun with it. But again, there's all the jokes like the stormtroopers missing all the time and stuff that adds, you know, and that's a bit of fun. And obviously that's an in-joke and fans can recognize that. But when you start like erasing stuff, I'm like, you know, uh, like I'm, you know, I, 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 it was a big deal when the special editions came out for Star Mm. Wars when I was younger, you know, I think 97, I think it was. And they put all the Dewbacks in and and all the other stuff. They took all the werewolves out of the Moss Eisley. Shistafarans, uh, I think they're called. Yeah. And they, you know, they did all these changes and they made bloody, um, they, yeah, they cut and edited loads. Of stuff. And there was a big controversy then when that came out. And it was just and it was just an attempt to make the film better. They put Jabber in there as well, that Jabber scene that they they cut out and and then, and then again, they release. I don't like directors messing with their films. I do. Lo- I don't mind them doing like a director's cut, and they go, yeah. "That's a director's cut. That's fine." But like, Ford Coppola's come out with another. Like, he came out with a Redux, which I think of Apocalypse Now, which I think is shocking and shit and adds nothing. <laughs> and now he's come out with another cut. And like, like uh, Steven Spielberg, like making the guns in ET walkie walkie talkies, and I'm like, what are you doing? Just, you're just making it worse, if anything. I mean, it's like, I mean, Lucas, I think that most of the stuff, I, although I agree with you completely, I don't like mm. when they go back and mess with films. You released it, that's fine. If there's something that's like heavily, horribly racist or something, and it's a yeah, film okay. from the 60s, yeah. that barely anyone watches anymore, and you want to pop it on Disney+, Plus, and it doesn't ruin the entirety of the film, yeah, pop it on. Or if you're going to remake a film like they did with Dumbo, you know, sure. don't have the, the quite racist crows in there, whatever, that's sure. fine. But sure. when it's... If you yeah, you have your one film and you get to release one other version, which is the special edition or the director's cut or whatever, and that should be it. And with Lucas, like, although the special editions, I think the special editions for the most part improve the films either a little bit or vastly. Hmm. Aside, when Vader yells no at the end of Return of the Jedi, that is the worst edit to anything 
I've seen, and it really fucks me off because there's a whole generation of Star Wars fans, including Megan, who's never seen Return of the Jedi where he's just silent. And that makes the whole scene better. It, you don't need someone to yell no when you can see they're in pain and they're thinking and trying to figure something out. And when they do an act which literally changes the course of the galaxy and undoes the damage they've done to their own life and the galaxy for the last two decades, you don't need them to yell out no. It's in context. No one yells out no when they do something like that. But oh, like, me off. Jo- like George Lucas is not, like you said earlier, he's not one for dialogue. Like that's no. not his strong suit. His strong suit is, he's, the, he's an idea man, I think. I think yes, he's a really good... 100%. Like he's got a good, he knows story structure. Yes. He can he can do that. He gets the beats and everything, gets what needs to happen. But when it comes to writing like believable actual dialogue that people well, the talk prequels. normally. Yeah, exactly. Look he, at that. He needs someone to rein him in. He needs yeah. someone, he needs someone to like uh, to, to go, George, you've got mm. 80% full control here. We've got this other guy behind you who's gonna rein you back a little bit and help you in the edits. If they did that with the prequels rather than going, George. You're a genius. Do whatever you want. The prequels could have been the new Star Wars trilogy instead of being uh, the new Star the prequels. Mm. They're not known as the other Star Wars thing. They're known as the prequels, just like the sequel trilogy are known as the sequels. Not here's another almost as good Star Wars trilogy. It's like, no, no, here's the gold. And then the other two are worse than the OG, but in completely different ways. <laughs> but they're, they're just objectively not as good. And it, one, of my, it, one of my fa- one of my least favorite kind of changes for those Star Wars films is the end of Return of Jedi with all the false ghosts. Yep. So you've got you've got the old old Yoda, you got old Obi Wan. Why have you got young Anakin? I think the idea, and this is now me being an apologist, is that that was the last time he was air quotes truly the light side version of himself the true anakin skywalker and when he was that anakin he turned to darth vader and then he was only anakin for a smidgen of time when he was in the suit whereas obi-wan and yoda both died in the light that's a very very apologist cop-out mm. answer but, but in he, my head he re- canon, yeah in your head canon. but he redeems himself kills the emperor so is he not coming back to the to the light side? And- yeah, he's coming back, but that's yeah. like the idea. I think it's that's the kids. idea of it. Yeah, I mean, the, right. I think the idea is you know realistically, it, it was when you were a kid, together, wasn't it? it yeah, was when you watch the prequels and you you see the in the original trilogy, and then you watch them to say, oh my god, Anakin's a force ghost. Whereas if it was just an old dude, like if Megan watched that, for example, without me mm. explaining it, she would go, "Who the fuck is that?" And yeah. I'd be like, "That's what Anakin looks like before the prequels," and she'd go, "I don't get it." So in in that respect, I get it. Although, yeah, one would think, so do you not? Yeah. tweak obi-wan as well and yoda it, yeah, it does like, I, I, open I would, up a huge amount of holes i would just do them all if you're going to yeah. do like the young version of everyone make it consistent yeah like that because that, you can get ewan mcgregor in you can get you know a young yoda you can do the cgi yoda or you can do the puppet yoda from episode one yeah you do do one of that it's, it's it's easy but yeah it was just that that always you know and also the erase i didn't like the idea of you're erasing another actor i don't like that yeah, I kind of wish they'd have had it as it had the old guy, and then he turns into Anakin, or maybe it was Anakin, uh, as in uh, Hayden Christensen's Anakin, and then he turned like he's there first, and he walks out as him first, and then he slowly turns into the old one, and then both, then everyone knows, and it makes sense, and it's showing the transition. Yeah, sure, that would have worked quite well, rather than going yeah erasing, because that's one of the things people said about Tamira Morrison doing the overdub for Boba in um, Return of the Jedi. Yeah. They're like, well, now you've just erased this guy who I think has passed away now. Uh, who, Jeremy Bullock, I think it is, isn't it? Yeah, he passed away somewhere recently. Yeah. And he was like, he was famous in the, the fandom circuit because he was he went to comic conventions and stuff because he was known as Boba Fett. I, I, actually saw, I actually saw him once 
Uh, I was at, I think it was London Comic Con, um, London Film and Comic Con. I went to that. I've been to yeah. that once actually. I went yeah. when Dan John Jules was there as cat. I, what a day! <laughs> that is from a from Red Dwarf. To clarify for listeners who don't know who that is, shame <laughs> on you. Shame, shame. Um, but yeah, I I remember because it was ram, absolutely ram. That was the the time I met Stan Lee as well. Uh, when I went, it was just absolutely couldn't move. Uh, and then all of a sudden there was this kind of everyone started staring at this one guy and it was a guy in a Boba Fett outfit and I was like that's a good cosplay yeah and then and I watched him and I was like why is everyone paying so much attention they're like they're literally kind of in awe of him and I was like I was like it's just it's just a good cosplayer but then he he sat down at his table and took his helmet off oh wow which I thought and I thought that that's a pretty cool guy I didn't get his autograph or I didn't get a photo or anything but I just thought that's a cool moment just to see that so uh yeah but there you go I mean you could you could talk all day about uh David Prowse and everything that happened to him and there's even a document there's a documentary about it was he the in the Vader suit yeah so he's the Vader actor so he's the physical embodiment you know he played him but obviously he's this like I think he was from uh, was he from Somerset or somewhere like that. I've heard, I've seen the part in A New Hope where he's holding the guy, um, holding uh, Captain Antilles by mm. the throat, and he yells at him the lines that obviously they overdub with uh, James Earl Jones, and mm. you hear his actual accent, and you're like, oh shit! It's a good <laughs> thing they didn't use his voice because that is like, not scary in any of the right ways. No, but like there was there was like a promise made that he was going to be under the suit, it was going to be him, you know, during that last scene. But they got. I think he's called Sebastian Shaw, which is a comic book character's name as well. The actor who actually plays him in Return of the Jedi. But yeah, so in this documentary, spoilers for the documentary, um, I think it's called I Am Your Father, I think. Um, But they the documentary people, they reenact the scene with him as playing uh, Vader in that scene where he, he talks to Luke. Uh, They couldn't, they couldn't show it. They can't show you it for legal reasons, Um, but they show a a select people, select group of people in the cinema. It's a really sweet documentary um, because he's a bodybuilder and you kind of act actor and stuff. It's kind of a little sad, bitter, another bitter twisted actor tale. Um, But yeah, it's a really nice, sweet documentary. I think it is called I Am Your Father, I want to say, but yeah, check it out if you can find it i don't know if maybe it's on disney plus i don't know i doubt it <laughs> if it's maybe gonna be not. talking about how uh lucasfilm screwed him over a little bit probably <laughs> probably won't be put it on there yeah. um but um i mean i could talk to you all evening but it is you certainly almost, could. It, almost midnight and we've been chatting for two oh hours God. and 15 minutes oh wow so, sorry yeah. <laughs> don't apologize good sir sorry. I, i've been able to keep an eye on the time the whole time i just uh, we got to a nice impasse there and mm. um, as evidenced by this podcast with you and I, if we then start something else, we'll be talking for another 15 minutes at least. Yeah, you're talking um, to somebody who just recorded a four-hour-plus podcast, and uh, yeah, I don't know if I've got the energy to, to do it. No, and, you know, I've, I've, most of my podcasts are around an hour to an hour and a half, but, yeah. you know, especially last week, like this is the first week I haven't done the Book of Boba Fett show, which is like mm. basically, you know, every Thursday an hour or two of recording then sitting and basically waiting for everything to render and upload oh, God, and yeah, the processing basically from basically from say everyone joining the zoom call to one o'clock in the morning on friday morning that was every thursday for the last i feel, I feel your pain i feel your pain yes i, I, I know that uh, <laughs> that's why well, I, I try and aim to keep it like hour and a half to two hours not not the latest one but yeah it's uh that's that's the again like when I you know well I'm sure you can have me on next time we can actually talk about maybe podcasting a bit more or acting a bit more I can whatever yeah I can definitely I can definitely like 
if I, I'll, I'll have my focus on then. I can be like, okay, <laughs> I'll, 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 I'll focus on those points. But I, li- I like talking entertainment. I like talking. We talk cinema. We talked all over the show. Um, but yeah, it's been it's, re- it's been a really cool chat, and uh, I appreciate you for having me on. Well, yeah, I want to introduce you to my audience. Obviously, I I, I will reiterate um, that people need to go check out your um, appearance on Era of Geek as well as Angry Andy's appearance and mine and anyone else's. Really, all of the appearances are excellent on there, and I'll do links in the description if you want sort of a check more- out the entire litany of my podcasts as well if you yeah, want yeah as- i mean i was gonna say but then leading on to because i wanted my uh, audience to be introduced to you um okay. because uh that's one of the things i like to do when i meet someone cool sure. i want any amount of my audience who don't already know who they are to yeah. find out just so for the future they can try and you know cross pollinate audiences and you're being so kind to have me on your show very soon absolutely which, yeah, when we end the zoom wait. call i'll oh, sorry when i stop recording on zoom we'll <laughs> briefly men- we'll talk about that um but we'll sure. do that afterwards so if you just want to plug yourself not well I, i'm recording the video here so if you do it uh, do it subtly if you're going to plug yourself uh so <laughs> the audience don't have to watch quite in that way but see like uh, jacking into the matrix jacking in, <laughs> in and then jacking off um, <laughs> they didn't they don't say that in the matrix they definitely should though. Uh, <laughs> Maybe we've got to jack five. in we've got to jack off um that's the only way to that's stop what, that's what cypher could have said isn't it when he was betraying it is like oh yeah just jacking off when you're not jacked in is it the same <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's it's like I really want to enjoy masturbating, you know, good like cracking one off, cracking one off with the lady in red. Um, so this is where we end it now. Anyway, yeah, I'm not going to uh, let you plug because that's the end. <laughs> yes, Ding. the plug. That's it. Zings. Uh, but yes, the uh, podcast is Spider Man: The Secret Balls. It's where we celebrate underrated media, be it comics, uh, be it films, be it whatever. Uh, we discuss all sorts of topics. There's loads of different formats. If you don't like one format, you've got uh, something else. And again. Each one is totally different, totally different guest voices. Uh, it's very, I, I'm, I'm very keen on variety. So uh, you could love one episode and hate the other or you have no interest in the other, but that that's what I like as well. And uh, yeah, check it out. It's it's fun. It's uh, it's definitely a walk on the wheel, weird and wild side <laughs> of kind of cinema and comics and stuff. But you never know what I'm going to come out with next, which is, which is the exciting thing. And I've got some more uh, Comics in Motion guys coming on this year. I'm going to try and get as many comics and motion people on because uh you've welcomed me into the the discord and the larger family which i really do appreciate and as annoying as i am on the discord and uh <laughs> and spoiling things and probably just just messaging far too much because i'm just bored here in my in my flat alone i'm like i need some i need some company um but yeah just just check it out it's there's 128 episodes currently so there's quite a lot there um and again you get to see me and and see it grow and and see all the people i talk to and and you'll have your favorites like andy angry andy and dennis are some of my favorites to to have on but yeah it's a it's a great show it's a fun show and and it's uh, it's it's varied. It's very varied. So uh, yeah, check us out. It's on all good podcatchers. Uh, check out the website spiderdanandthesecretballs.com, B O R E S, um, and you'll find everything linked to it, or uh, uh, you know all the other bits and pieces. I'm not going to do all the social medias, but at Dan underscore Balls is Twitter. Um, Secret Balls is on Facebook, and Spider Dan Secret Balls is Instagram. There you go. I did them anyway. See, I was going to say I was going to do them, but I did them. <laughs> I'm not going to do them. But here they I'm a liar. Are. I'm a liar. I'm a liar. <laughs> Um, but yeah, it's only because I was like, can I remember them all? Yeah, I can. I, I well, can. I'll, I'll put them in the description anyway and link to your website. And I'll say, any listeners, if you want a good jumping off point, um, the two most recent ones that I listened to, there was 1941, um, which was the 
uh, with Jack's musings, who's been on this podcast a few times. Um, that was your that was my biggest fan. My biggest fan. I like to call him because nice. he was there. He was there from the start. He was there from the beginning. Episode oh, one. That's very sweet. That's awesome. Yeah. Um, so he um, he's amazing. And um, the 1941, I just finished that. And that's a really good pod. And it's one of those ones where it works even if you haven't seen the movie. And oh, yeah. um, so, and it's a Spielberg. It was, it basically ruins a streak of Spielberg releasing like six unfathomably good movies in a row with just one very uh, divisive movie, should we put it that way? Yeah. So that's a it- really good starting point. And the Star Wars holiday special you do with Van Griandi because everyone who knows something about Star Wars knows something about the holiday special. Mm. And trust me, you, you don't need to watch the holiday special. This is one of those times <laughs> that even though me and Dan said it earlier on, I hate when people have opinions on things and they Ooh. haven't seen it. <laughs> holiday special i've never seen it i've seen you know the the move uh the animated boba fett cartoon that's on disney plus and i've seen numerous clips of the songs and the vr porn stuff and yeah. chewy's weird family so i've probably seen about 15 minutes plus the uh the boba fett thing and from all accounts i've heard everyone says very similar things of the bizarre craziness of it i'm gonna watch it at some point just to say i can have so i have seen it but it's one of those few things i've heard if you haven't seen it, you can still have an opinion on. It's one of the very few things. <laughs> <laughs> and it's and again, like we were talking about loads of these old films and, and rubbish films and cult films on YouTube. That is in HD. That's in 4K on, on YouTube. So <laughs> it's almost, you know, it's the the room of Star Wars movies. Oh, you, no matter how much room. you hate The Rise of Skywalker, Last Jedi, whatever prequels, the absolute worst content I've covered. We've done the Ewok films as well, me and Andy. Uh, but I'm, I'm I'm glad you enjoyed that episode because I was like, of all the people who's going to listen, I was like, oh, I think he's gonna he's gonna pull me up if I'm wrong, or if it's, uh, <laughs> he's gonna be like, no, it's actually the canon is correct and this is the best thing about it. I was like, oh, I'm like, oh, he, I better know my shit. I did a lot of research going, in, and Andy knows his shit obviously as well, mm. uh, and that's why I did the uh, little game with him, which which I. I I fucking loved playing that game. It was it was hilarious. I mean, I need to basically get you at some point to try and quiz me on Star Wars to see if Ooh. I know as much as I like to think I do. Or quiz yeah. me and Andy at the same time and prove I don't know as much as Ooh, people that think. might be interesting. Yeah, that was like, almost like, like a game show. Well, the thing is, when it comes to like, the movies, for example, it's like I, I've done Star Wars quizzes before. And the problem is, is that my knowledge comes from the lore and trivia and not necessarily stuff in the films. So if you go, who was the first person to speak uh, in A New Hope? It's like, I, I don't know. I can't if if I sat there and think about it, I, you know how open yeah. scene and stuff. I could probably figure it out. But or if you go, you know, who in the uh, room with Grand Moff Tarkin and and uh, Vader and stuff, you know, the the Imperial officers and the Death Star, who was the first person to speak in that scene? I was like, hmm. I I don't know. What no. was you know lots of things like that, or what was the words written on this part or that part? I don't yeah. know. But if you could say, well, that's what more is like Tarkin? A, that's like a memory test, though, isn't it? Yeah. It's like like I'm the same. I'm I. I can't tell you like issue numbers and stuff of Spider-Man, mm. but I can tell you when and where, maybe what year, you know, around about. I can probably, I can tell you the artists and the writers. Yeah. And, you you know the story like more so yeah. than like the anal specifics. Whereas like me, Star Wars, it's like, I couldn't tell you, you know, how many, how many on-screen minutes Tarkin had, but I can tell you what planet he's from, his first name. I, mm. I can tell you information about him that's not in the films, but if you've quizzed me on the films, I won't do as well as someone who doesn't know Star Wars as well as I do, but appreciate mm. It's the film more, if you know what I mean. But I'd be still willing to. That sounds that sounds like a like an idea, certainly. But um, mm. but yeah, yeah, check those out if you like Mike's stuff. Um, jump over and check out Andy's stuff as well. He yes. does a lot of Star Wars content if you like that, uh, figures and all sorts. But yeah, um, but yeah, it, this has been great, Mike. Thank you so much for having me on. It's been an absolute blast to uh, have some genuine chit chat. <laughs> Perfect. That is where we're going to end it. Thank you so much, sir.
And that's the end of the podcast. Thanks as always for tuning in, guys. So if you haven't tuned into any of Spider Dan's content, please go and check that out. As you heard right at the very end there, we did kind of do a little rambly outro pluggy thing. Uh, but I do really recommend his Star Wars holiday special with Angry Andy and also his review of 1941 with Jack, who's you know been on the show many times and is also part of the Boba Fett conversation that I mentioned in the intro, as well as being a member of the Comics Emotion family and stuff. So um, make sure you check out at least their good starting points for Spider-Dan and it you know you don't need to have watched 1941 I hadn't and you don't need to have seen the Star Wars Holiday Special uh, it's kind of funny if you haven't to be honest with you uh, but the, the less you know the better because hearing Spider-Dan and Angry Andy's reactions is just hilarious so make sure you check those out as well as Spider-Dan's appearance on the Era of Geek podcast by our friend Super Dummy Paul and uh, just a little self plug I was on either the first or second episode that got released I think it was the second episode that got released but it might have been the first one that was recorded or vice versa but go to Era of Geek links in the description you can listen to Spider-Dan my and loads of the members of comics in motion it's 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 a lot of fun so what have we got coming up for you lovely people well next week we have got a plan to record myself megan Rhea, and spider dan once again uh, and we're doing a disney discussion it's part of this new vague show idea that i've kind of had uh, which was the disney discussions or something to that avail uh, spider dan recently released an episode that was nearly four hours long on his feed which was him and someone called natalie who to my knowledge is angry andy's partner and they did yeah nearly a four hour long conversation on sort of disney villain and the female perspective on them and that sort of thing it's a really really interesting conversation but then i basically thought that we could kind of expand on that somewhat so the four of us we're gonna put forward off each of our favorite disney movies and talk about those and some why they work so well why they don't etc etc and then it's kind of going to span off we've got a few ideas over the coming year of some other discussions i think ria might be at the helm of one of them we're going to probably get other people involved in them as well at some point for the first few episodes i think it would just be the four of us but it's just one of those things where in the comic book realm you know disney is quite a big player not only for marvel you know cinematic universe as well as owning star wars and stuff but also just like disney movies for the most part are actually really really good and i don't really think that that many people in the comic nerd community necessarily talk about them that much like it always gets mentioned in passing but i think doing like a proper deep dive from an air quotes nerdy perspective or a female perspective or anything like that i think it's just there's so much content to go through i think that we're going to have pools and pools of information uh, to be able to sort of delve into so i thought that's a little preview of what's coming up then I'm then also in talks with a few other individuals, uh, some authors, some podcasters, someone who's involved in Star Wars. So, um, you know, lots of cool stuff going on behind the scenes. But as per usual, I can't confirm all of it at the moment. Hopefully there's a few musical guests on their way as well. But um, yeah, I'll keep you guys posted in that regard. Um, but aside from that, you know, please rate, review and all that sort of jazz on Spotify or Good Pods or Apple Podcasts or whatever you're listening, really. Give a five star review or write a review or whatever you want to kind of do. Uh, that inadvertently rhymed. I didn't mean to do that. Um, but also you can subscribe on YouTube so as I said in the intro there's the full unsplit video version to mine and Dan's conversation on YouTube please subscribe so I can get that subscriber count up so I can change my channel link name as I always say there's loads of you who listen on audio only but very few who check it out on YouTube so if you could just bump those numbers up that would be very handy and in addition to that as I waffled on in the start a little bit too long I might add after listening over to it uh, I have got a Patreon patreon.com slash genuine chit chat and for 
For as little as £1 a month, which I think is about $1.50, you get access to the Patreon exclusive feed. So on there, I do release like a few guest lists every now and then, as well as photos of Styles Comics and Canon, and a few other like, bits and pieces of bonus content. But the main thing on there is more audio content for you lovely listeners. So in addition to getting early access to Genuine Chit Chat episodes, as well as occasional early access to Styles Comics and Canon episodes, and in addition to that, you get some Star Wars book reviews on there that aren't on the feed of Styles Comics and Canon or on my YouTube. And in addition to that, you get mine and Megan, which is the crowning jewel. All the patrons basically say they love it because of Megan. So if you really like Megan, uh, then it's a really good opportunity to support the show and then also to hear more of her. So we do an episode of Afterthoughts at least once a week. Uh, they're normally between 10 minutes and half an hour long, depending on what we talk about. We've done the Star Wars movies. We're making our way through Harry Potter. We're currently doing a Tom Hanks rewatch. And as I said in the intro, the first episode of the Tom Hanks rewatch where we watch a big is completely for free. The link to that is in the description, but it's just bit.ly slash Tom Hanks one. I think the T and the H have to be capitals, but you can check that out. And that's a little taster. I've already got two more recorded, no, three more recorded. Uh, and then we're due to watch League of Their Own quite soon as well so we're going to be releasing a tom hanks episode every week or two and in addition to that we've got a few other things to record like we haven't fully finished the harry potter uh, recording we've rewatched it numerous times but we haven't finished doing the recording of that then there's a few other movies as well like, there's quite a few movies coming out in the cinema soon so we'll do some spoiler free reviews of those there's a few series that we're getting near the end of or just finishing as well so we're going to do a review of those so if you like this conversation with Spider-Dan, the whole Afterthoughts thing, I'm sure, is going to really, really appeal to you because it's movie reviews, TV reviews, and all that stuff, and a lot of camaraderie and a lot of fun, and you also get to support the show. So I just want to say thank you so much for listening, guys. As always, I appreciate each and every one of you for supporting the show in any means that you can, and I'll talk to you guys next week with the Disney discussion with Rhea, Megan, and Spider-Dan. You have just experienced host, creator, everything else of genuine chit-chat, and also the host and creator of Star Wars Comics and Canon, found on the Comics in Motion podcast, Mike Burton.